Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 860 of the Juicebox podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This episode of the podcast is going to be a little different than you're accustomed to. Jenny Smith and I are going to be talking today about type 2 diabetes. We've decided to put a type 2 series together, not dissimilar from the other series within the podcast, but focused on type 2. This is the first episode. It's an introduction episode, and it's going to lay out what the series is going to be. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan. If you're a regular listener of the podcast, I hope you check out this series and then really think about who in your life could benefit from it. If you're a person with prediabetes or type 2 diabetes who finds themselves here, welcome. I hope you enjoy this and I hope it helps you. I really think it will. Find the Juicebox podcast in your favorite audio app and hit subscribe or follow to get the next episode of the podcast and to continue to get this series. These episodes are available, of course, in any audio app by going to the Juicebox podcast and searching Type 2 Diabetes Pro Tip. And of course, they're available at juiceboxpodcast.com and diabetesprotip.com. At the end of this episode, I'll introduce myself and Jenny to you so you know a little more about us. This episode is being brought to you today ad-free because of the generous support of Dexcom, Omnipod, the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter, Givo Kypopen, AG1 from Athletic Greens, US Med, Touched by Type 1, and Cozy Earth. If you're interested in learning more about the sponsors, there are links in the show notes of the podcast player that you're listening in right now, and links at juiceboxpodcast.com. So Jenny, it's good to see you again. I feel like I haven't seen you in a little while. It has been a while. Yeah. I agree. Not for the people on the podcast. They hear you all the time, but I I haven't seen you a little bit. So we're going to undertake something, something that's been in the back of my mind for years. And I know you've talked about it a lot as well. And so I think we're a good match for this. So I'll, I'll just share with you that my initial idea around type 2 diabetes conversations I I thought to myself, like, I have this podcast, I have this outlet, I can find people, but I'm not a doctor, and I don't know anything about diabetes, like type 2 specifically, right? Sure. How how would I help people with type 2 diabetes? Like, how could I use the thing I have to do that? And what I kind of came up with is, like, well, I could be the person. Like, I could be the stand-in for the person listening, because I find that more and more the people I talk to who have type 2 diabetes seem to sometimes have a very... Um, I don't know what the way to say it is. They they have a, a small understanding of what it is they're expected to do and even what is happening to them, right? So yeah. while I might not have a lot of answers, I'll be, I'm going to be your avatar. <laughs> while, while they're listening, I'll be their avatar. I'll be the guy going, I don't understand this. Explain right. this to me. And you'll be the person who understands it who says, well, let me explain this. So, <laughs> but we have to figure out 
some bones for this series, like some structure. Right. And um, because you and I don't work together, like every day, we're not sitting across from each other, something like that. It's not like we can talk at lunch and things. Right. So what we did was. We don't have cubicles next to each other. Right. Right. <laughs> so we're going to do the. Um, basically, we're going to do the. The setup part on this episode, like we did with the Bold Beginnings series. Yes. All right. So what I did was I went back to my private Facebook group and I asked people, I said, hey, if you've got type two, list some things that you'd like to see in a type two pro tip series. I figured that would be a good place for us to start the conversation. I would expect there was a lot of feedback. And I think if it if it reached the broader community of people with type two diabetes that are not listeners currently, but who are searching online for some type of tidbit of information to help, I could imagine the questions number in the hundreds it was, because of the lack of information given. It was really something to see how many questions came. And, you know, my group's a little more, I don't know, sometimes they're a little more dialed in, but it's also mm -hmm. a good mix. It's also a lot of people are like, I don't know what I'm doing versus I have some ideas. So I sent you, the, do you have the, the list? In front? I do. Okay. Yes. Good. Yeah. So uh, thanks to Isabel for putting all these questions together for me. Uh, Isabel. And in order of like category, which was lovely them. to see. <laughs> and Jenny's saying that because she knows if I was in charge of this list, <laughs> it just would well, be. When you, well, we could originally for the original pro tips, you know, we, we collected a list and then I was like, we need to do these in order. Yes. <laughs> I was like, we need to start here and move here and go here. So this is very nicely organized. Yes, and I was like, here's a couple of ideas. And Jenny's like, this one would make more sense in front of this one. I was like, whatever. <laughs> it's good with me. Uh, but, but let's go through and together let's mark things as stuff we want to do Um Stuff we yeah. don't want to do and stuff maybe we want to do later. Does that make sense? Give it yes. kind of three orders. All right. So let's go through this list. Um, of course, the question was, what topics would you like to see covered in a type two pro tip series? So our first thing here we're looking at is meds. Mm -hmm. uh, meds such as SGL2, LT2, GLP1, and their multifunctional use. Well, there we go. I'm I'm already the... I'm already the avatar for people who don't know what they're talking about. What the hell does that mean? Yeah, um, and I can tell you that this the meds, at least from what I can see in here, the meds list is it will be extensive. And there are different categories of meds, both oral and injectables that are not insulin, mm -hmm. um, that are used in the type two world. And the list, the list continues to grow. So it becomes even a little bit more confusing <laughs> for many people because manufacturers have figured out ways to kind of put some of the meds together in one pill form so that people don't have to take like four pills at one time, okay. right? So there are multiple combinations and some things get used with other things. And um, so yes, the meds list, this is a really good starter, but there are, there are a lot of meds on yeah. the list. So I'm seeing here GLP-1 is a, is a, category of drug, right? That could be like Trilicity, Bietta, yep. Ozempic, yep. Victoza, like, okay. And and the same for the SGLT2s, um, all, any of these, even things like the oldest, you know, being metformin. Mm -hmm. There are even combinations that include metformin, but are not just solely metformin. Okay. So. All right. And I'm seeing SGL, 
T2, lower blood sugar in adults with type 2 in combination with diet exercise. Okay, so we're this one is a yes. We're keeping that one. That one's going to uh, in the yep. medical category. Um, oh, okay. This person wants to talk about GLP meds that insurance companies are still putting barriers on. We're going to make that a secondary mm-hmm. question. So I'm going to go yes. Why would I not? Why does my brain work like this? Why do, I, I just put yes and then secondary. Why did I not put? <laughs> Why don't I, you just move it underneath there, right? <laughs> yes. Like, anyway, don't worry. The series is okay. going to be terrific. Don't don't worry about how my brain works. The, the conversation with Jenny is going to be good. Uh, okay. Somebody here just says, I want to talk about all the meds. So we don't need to consider that. And one. I think that's a, I think that might even be a good first one in terms of starting the med um, list lists mm-hmm. is all the different categories of meds being used for type two diabetes. Okay. Um, and then kind of maybe we can break them down into each of the categories and have an episode on each of the different types mm-hmm. potentially, or if there's, if they're easy enough to discuss, we could do multiple in, you know, certain so i'm gonna episode. i'm gonna combine these two thoughts then cool all right and new medications oh why to increase protein during weight loss with those mpec mm. oh i might know about ha see this is how this always goes <laughs> i saw your light bulb go on <laughs> i know something about this <laughs> i think there's been some studies that say that when people use some of these drugs for weight loss, you're not just losing fat, but you might be losing muscle and bone density too. Have you heard that? Um, yes, in in some things. Um, it sounds like this person heard that is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, and I think that goes along with some education, which we will obviously get to. I'm sure it's a category within here that was that contained a lot of questions. It's all about food mm-hmm. and like the piece that works and why it works and why some meds work a certain way and why you should aim for more protein or leaner quality proteins along with lower glycemic or even lower carb type of meal plans. Um, so yes. Okay. Um, and this next one's just about another weight loss drug. Now metformin, obviously we're going to talk about. Yes. So that just, that that gets uh, up to the top. Basically, metformin's the go-to, right? Like you get type two diabetes, and somebody's handing you metformin pretty. Quickly. Metformin is often an initial go-to. I mean, there is protocol depending on where glucose levels are, where an A one C level is at diagnosis. May give the doctor some ability to navigate starting medications. Many times, yes, metformin is one of those first starting ones. Yeah. Um, and it's one of the oldest on the market. It's well studied. Um, it's well accepted by most bodies, meaning it doesn't cause other issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and the initial side effects of it usually go away within about the first two weeks of starting to use it um, as you kind of titrate up doses, which is common for some of these other meds as well that are used for type 2. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. Are, are those things mostly gastrointestinal? Most of them are yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I wish someone would have. I wish someone had acknowledged to me that metformin made me feel sick, and offered oh. alternatives. Okay. Um, understanding what your blood sugar is supposed to look like, and Ooh. what the medications 
precisely are doing and helping with. Oh, see, I think this is every place, but I'm, I think we should talk about this too. I think people hand you something like, here, take this. And you don't know why, what it's supposed to be doing. What is it you're looking for? So Absolutely. We, okay, so we can outline I think, um, I think the biggest thing that uh, came out of prior to working for integrated, the endocrine um, that I worked with previously, I ended up working with a lot of the type ones eventually, but I also helped to teach the type two classes. Mm -hmm. And many of the people that were brought into the classes on that initial class were often very hesitant, whether they had had type two for a long time, or it was a very new diagnosis for them, they came into the class almost like, what am I really here for? Like, is this even going to do anything? And by, it was a four class series. And by the end of the fourth class, they were so, they were so appreciative to now have the information to go forward with. And the unfortunate thing is that, I mean, we had room in the classes for upwards of, you know, 10 to 15 people. And oftentimes our classes maybe had eight. Yeah. Right. And I think it's unfortunate because the classes aren't emphasized enough. They are available. Insurance will cover a certain number of classes upon mm -hmm. diagnosis with type two over a year's time. But many people aren't given the opportunity or they're just not sent to the right place. Right. Or they just aren't given the information that, hey, this is really important. I'm telling you to use this thing and telling you to act, you know, get active and telling you to change your diet. But I, as a doctor, can't tell you exactly the specifics of that. Please go here mm -hmm. so you can get the specifics, yeah. right? Um, so, well, people are so adaptive. You know, I, I saw a guy in the grocery store the other day, and his gait was like bizarre. The way he walked mm -hmm. was it was just strange. And he was a young guy, and it looked weight related, and. What I noticed about him was that it was just his life. Like he, you know what I mean? He was just doing it. And I yes. think that just happens to people. I think you get some news. Hey, you have type two diabetes. You know, all right, well, I got type two diabetes. And you just kind of, people just keep going. And they, you said something earlier that was interesting. Like the idea of like believing that there's something you can do about it. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, maybe they're not even left with that idea. Like, hey, you could impact this. Right. Yeah. Or they've had a strong enough family history of type two that it wasn't a surprise that they were then diagnosed with it. And they have historically, there's not been great education for those with type two. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of people with type one complain about their education, but quite honestly, for the most part, it's better than type two. Yeah. No, I understand. And so they've had this history of looking at family members and even maybe friends and they say, well, they really talk very much about it. They look like they're just going about their life the way that they should. Or, you know, my brother never did anything and he seems to be perfectly fine. He doesn't talk about it. Or, so, the, other, or the other side of everybody, everyone dies and it's all mess. And and I've been waiting right. for this my whole life. Right. And here so it is. So this is just what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to call that generational apathy. I know I joke that I'm not helpful, but I'm kind of helpful. And um, <laughs> I'm putting that under a list here I'm making of my own while we're talking under education. Um, okay, so moving on to technology. Yeah. This person says, how helpful would a Libre or Dexcom be? Just for the knowledge, because no matter what type of diabetic you are, knowing what is going on in your body is the greatest benefit. I mean, I have a person close to me who has type 2. 
And I think I bother them about once a month about getting a CGM. So yes. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, if there is a teaching piece that is valuable, especially if you've left your doctor's office with very little information, mm-hmm. but on asking, you say, you know, I'm going to try to do what the doctor said in the in the littlest amount that I can, but I need information and more than these finger sticks that are cumbersome to add into my day or whatever. If somebody's just given a CGM, the ability to see the impact as we know mm-hmm. about what things you're doing in a day and gosh, I did this today for breakfast and I did it tomorrow and it seems better than what I did three days ago. Maybe I should keep doing this kind of thing versus the other, yeah. right? Because um, that's it can be really motivating then. Mm-hmm. When also, you're blind to information, you're less likely to make a change. Right. Yeah. And, and it's easy to not know any of the impacts of your diet, too. And Absolutely. Just, just this is what we've always eaten. I know people who just grew up a certain way. And some of the foods that they think of as healthy are fascinating. And and it's and I don't know if it gets commingled in your head the difference between health and oh this is good like you know how people talk about oh this is a good dinner I love this it could just be something from your childhood that you're like oh I remember this fondly right yeah and, yeah and and I think that I want to do a blend here with this right because it's my belief not around type two diabetes but around everything that you don't get anywhere telling someone that they're wrong or the way they feel is invalid, or you should make some grand no. change in how you do things. Like, no one's doing that. No. You know, and I think that's where type twos get screwed, honestly, is that they go into a room and a doctor says, hey, listen, it's nothing diet exercise won't help. And you're like, great. Well, I'm 53 years old. I haven't dieted or exercised in my whole life. I'm sure I'm going to go home and do it right now. <laughs> you, you know, like, Not that that doesn't make it great advice. Like, I'm not saying that. It's just not actionable for that person. It's not because it's not been individualized, and that's across the board in diabetes, regardless of the type of diabetes you have. Mm-hmm. There's a lack of ability for many caregivers, not all, but many practitioners to sit down and really like get to know the person, Yeah, right? You have to get to know what they are doing in their life and what is, what's their why. Mm-hmm. Why should they do this? Like what in their life is so important to them that will be better that they can continue to enjoy if they learn how to do some of these things that you're just giving almost like a ripoff sheet that's like, do this and do this and you'll all be fine, right? It'll all just magically like work out for itself. Yeah, here's a list of five things you've never done in your life, you have no context for and you don't want to do and you don't have time for. Just do those and everything will be fine. And then most people are like, oh, I guess this isn't going to happen. I mean, listen, you and I are seeing each other over a camera. I don't know that. Can you see that I'm losing weight by any chance? Probably not, right? Probably not. You, yeah. And th- which is funny because you and I also haven't seen you in a bit of time. Mm-hmm. So usually people lose weight like facial structure wise right. first or within their neck. Um, but I'm, I've only seen you standing up in person a couple like of times. So, so here's so here's <laughs> what's going on for me is that my daughter went back to college and my son got a job and moved out. And you know what I have all of a sudden? More time. And, yes. I'm, and I'm using that some of that time to cook better for myself. Yes. That's it. And to use the machine that's sitting behind you. And I'm you. able to get on my bike more frequently. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, but that's just the point is that it's just 
the only thing that really changed is that I suddenly had a little more time. Yes. And you can say, well, there's nothing more important than your health, and you're going to be right when you say that. But people have bills and responsibilities. And yeah. if you don't have enough time, you don't have enough time. And so I, that's why I want to do this, because I want to give everybody everything they need to know, and then they can cherry pick from it. Because I find that's how, that's how the Juicebox podcast works so well. Is right. that, like I, I used to think, oh, I'll lay it out here for them, and they'll follow it like a roadmap. That's not what happens. Like yeah. you, you give people a ton of options and let them go through it a la carte. So this isn't an ad. I just wanted to let you know that as of this recording, March 1st, 2023, the podcast already has three episodes with people living with type 2 diabetes. These people all listened to the Juice Box podcast prior to coming on the show, and they shared the really amazing transformation that they went through. Right now, you can hear Leanne's story at episode 665, John's story at episode 688, and Michael's story at 799. And just like this episode, which is called Type 2 Pro Tip, and then Intro, right? There's like a prefix, Type 2 Pro Tip, Intro. There are Type 2 Stories, Michael, Type 2 Stories, John, Type 2 Stories, Leanne. And I'm looking for more people with Type 2 diabetes to share their story. You can find a link on the website, juiceboxpodcast.com, to contact me if you'd like to share your Type 2 journey with everyone else. Also, I know it's going to sound strange, but find our private Facebook group, Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. But there's 35,000 people in there. Each one loves someone with diabetes or has it themselves. And there are so many people in the group who have type 2 diabetes. This is a private group where you can hang out, watch people talk, ask questions. And it's a private group. Private. So you can feel confident sharing your story there as well. Oh, and I didn't mention, it's absolutely free. As a matter of fact, nothing about the podcast will ever cost you money. And I don't believe that your health should cost you something. It's not right that you should have to pay a coach or a mentor or take some sort of a class or pay for some content that's behind a paywall. I don't believe in any of that. Everything you need to know is here in the podcast. If you want to ask somebody a question, you go to the free Facebook group where there are 35,000 people waiting to answer your questions. It's not cool when people take your money to learn about diabetes. I'm not down with that. It shows ad supported. I'll take care of paying for it. You just go ahead and help yourself to whatever information you need. You know what I've I've kind of seen is that the more newly diagnosed who've joined your group and started listening, they seem to be the ones that are going through it in a in a way that moves from one topic to a next. Mm-hmm. It's more those who have had diabetes a long time and are now coming and they're like, well, I know how to basal test. I'm having a problem with this. So they pick that topic, they go to it, they get the answers they want, and then it might drive them to another episode about something that's also relevant. But that's that's the benefit of being able, you know, to go through a list that's very clearly defined. And I want this to help people who not only are in a situation where they're like, look, I need to use insulin, right? Or maybe I'll try some of these other injectable meds and see how that goes first. I don't just want to help those people. I want to help people too who might hear something and think, wait, 
potatoes? I should just don't eat potatoes. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. you don't know, like, you don't know what people don't know. And, right. and so laying it all out there for them. And, and right. I'm going to tell you this right now. Like, if this is popular, I don't, first of all, I don't care if it's popular or not. I'm going to put it out because I think it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put it within my, in, within the juice box podcast. But when you and I get done, if we end up with something that is so just ironclad helpful, I might open a different podcast up for type twos and just drop the information in there and leave it like a binder for them. Yes. You know, and maybe I won't put episodes into it very often, but at least they'll be able to get through it easier. And Um, I think that would be beneficial because from a, from a one site access point, I think it would be fine to have both groups of information in one place. mm -hmm. But I think if there is the potential that another group of interest is going to end up coming out of it, then there are a lot of topics and things that gets discussed that are not specific. They're not worth the time of someone with type two is not all of them are, they're not as usable for that population. And, or like I said about the medications, there are so many different medications that are not going to be discussed in the type one world, Mm -hmm. but are very relevant for someone to be able to discuss with other people with type two in, you know, yeah. in that category. And, so, and, and I also, and I bring this up under the technology banner here of our conversation because sharing online is also technology. Yes. And there are going to be type twos who can get into that type one group. And I, I've almost stopped thinking of it as a type one group, if I'm being perfectly honest. I think of it as a diabetes group because I've, what I've noticed right. is that if you have type two diabetes and you're using insulin, it's pretty much the same game as having type one. Um, and so it, 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 a lot of the stuff translates and is valuable to, mm-hmm. to both sides. I think to this technology category too, what I see there's a lot about CGM, mm-hmm. but I think in terms of a gadget, quite honestly, there's a lack of education about glucose meters. Yeah. Right. And that may be something, in fact, it it is along with medications, it gets prescribed, Mm -hmm. but there's no education in the office about what to do, what the proper time of checking your blood sugar is. And even maybe this is further down, somebody may be asked about it, but like, what do you do with that information? Yeah. Great. My blood sugar is 133. Is that right? Is, do I have to do something about this? Should I even take my medicine? It looks like it's a, it's a number where it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, you know, years ago when I worked with, with more type twos in our endocrine practice, we often used to do around seat, uh, around glucose meters, teaching people the right times to check Okay, and what that then means and what they can do about it. So I think that's an important piece to bring in because, while a CGM would be kind of pie in the sky for anybody who has diabetes, um, it might be I a think cash, more, yeah, because it might be a cash option when you're type two, right? Unless you're using it, insulin, depending on insurance coverage and all of the things that have to get checked off in terms of prescribing it, mm-hmm. um, and then what the coverage would look like. Yes, it may be a question of even being able to get it. So I added BG meter when, how, and what do I do with the info. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Because the rest of it is, like you said, people, I mean, it's not wrong. A CGM would be 
an amazing benefit for you if you had type 2 diabetes, but your insurance might not cover it as well, right, right now. There, right. And there is, I mean, in terms of technology, this kind of goes with meds and technology, quite honestly. Um, there, There's something that bridges into both, and that would be the insulin pens, mm-hmm. right? That if somebody with type 2 does use insulin, then there is actually technology that could help them use it better and to collect the information better and make more, I guess, evaluate their information to go back to their doctor and discuss. Um, I mean, there are even some um, insulins that work with a prescribed type of device or app that allows the doctor to discuss back with the person how to titrate their doses, Mm -hmm. which is quite nice. And again, it, I would expect that many people don't even know that that's a, it's an option. Yeah. Okay. So. All right. Yeah. All right. So diet, uh, diet discussions, including, by the way, I, I, for, diet to me means what you eat. I'm not saying you're on a diet. Like, so yeah, I, I hate the word diet. Yeah. I don't know what to say here. Uh, give me a better word. Well, what are you putting in your body when you eat? You're putting fuel in, right? Okay. So I, I call it fueling plan. <laughs> Jenny, I've changed it to fueling plan. Okay. Awesome. Yay. Now, I, I'm not going to be able to change everybody's. I'm not smart enough to read this and change out the word diet for no, fueling plan every time. Okay. But discussions including whole food, plant-based uh, options, intermittent fasting for weight loss and reduction of insulin resistance. Food, um, if it is good for you, can be medicine for type 2s. I mean, food can be medicine mm-hmm. for anybody, honestly. Yes. Um and so that's a great one. We'll leave that there. Maybe a more targeted how we eat conversation revolving around type two. I think we're kind gonna, of similar. Yeah. yeah, I think that's similar. I think I'm going to take that out so it doesn't get confusing because it's the same as the first one. How to meal prep, weigh foods, checking packaging. See, that's a big one. I always ignore that the people yes. maybe don't know what they're looking at when they look at that information on the package. Right. Because it goes along with, again, that rip off of eat food eat better food or an old one. And I have still heard it is don't eat white food. What does that mean? <laughs> right? Like the inside of it, right? I mean, the inside of an apple is white, right? Does that mean I should no longer eat apples? You're saying or... some, some type twos get told don't eat white food. They can't just say potatoes and white bread. <laughs> say, don't, eat, don't eat white food. Yes. Okay. Uh, and really like white food? Come on. Yeah. That doesn't make a ton of sense. Having no, it access doesn't. to tasty, healthy recipes and info on lower carb alternatives are huge. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you, I agree and rub up against the idea of great recipes. I agree because I think if people had better tasting foods that were healthy, they would eat them. I also think that most people don't cook. I don't think as many people cook as you imagine, you know, where that cooking, probably, yeah, where that cooking's not the thing that I'm watching on Chef on Netflix when I'm seeing John Favreau right. and that other guy throw together a thing. You know what I mean? Like, right. I don't think we all cook like that. So, and that might be in and of itself. Maybe it's a, it's a whole kind of discussion. Is just like what does it mean to prepare a meal mm-hmm. and what does that have to be like as you just said it's not like watching top chef or whatever the one where the mean guy talks to people 
what's his Gordon name? Gordon Ramsay. Uh, Gordon, there you go. Yeah, I was like, I think it was name off the time, like Hell's Kitchen or something like that, right? <laughs> um, I think we just I combined mean, like four cooking shows, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, whatever. But it's all the same concept of like, I think you're right. People don't think, God, I have to cook some, like cooking becomes this elaborate, like, three hour process and cooking doesn't have to it doesn't take, need to be like that it doesn't but have to i also think that that idea stops people and i just i believe listen i don't know how why i believe this i don't believe that many people um i just i think it's time like i know what it takes to make a meal the other mm-hmm. night i said to my wife we're gonna have this and this for dinner is that okay i said this to her at three o'clock in the afternoon she goes yeah that's fine i was like great now it's dinner time. I'm like, I'm going to start cooking. She goes, I don't want that anymore. And I was like, okay, what do you want? And she goes, don't worry about me. Um, I'll figure out what I want. You go ahead and make that for you. And I said, well, you obviously don't cook very often. You want me to make two meals? I was like, I don't have time for that. We have to go to bed at some point. You, you know, and I, I have the luxury of working out of my home. Yes. And being able to say the day's over. 15 minutes, glass of water, I'll start cooking dinner, right? Like, I don't have to get into a car and drive somewhere or go pick up a kid from something or something like that. I just don't think – I think there's a way to help people prepare foods that will help them that doesn't leave them thinking, I can't accomplish this. Correct. Right? That's what I'm – so I'm – Absolutely. I I want that in there too. Next next thing here, a person says, low carb makes a big difference. And Mm -hmm. so I'm just going to say here – that because I make a type one podcast and I have a type one Facebook group and people who eat low carb and people who don't eat low carb love to argue with each other sometimes. I don't know if I've I've said this a million different ways. I'm just going to put it here too. If you want to eat low carb, I think that's fine. I I don't have a problem in the world with that. And as a matter of fact, it, it is, I mean, we can sit here and argue and say, well, you need this or you need that in your diet. I don't know any of that. You are, you have a nutrition background. You, you'll you be able to tell yes. us better. But I want to dig yes. into low carb when we're talking. I think it's an excellent topic, especially in, in diabetes in general, yes. But I absolutely think type 2 is a very appropriate place to talk about that. For sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, this next one, what should I be eating? What, what should I try to avoid? I want to leave that there. My doctor told me to eat lots of fruits and vegetables, but aren't fruit aren't fruits high in sugar? It's a good question. Yeah. So I want to put that in with the what should we be eating? All of these are great. They're really they're very thoughtful questions. Um, and it goes it really goes the distance of the missing information that just telling people to eat better and move their body mm-hmm. misses. Yeah. Factors that help. I'm going to reword this, but this person's talking about factors that help manipulate insulin resistance. Mm. So we can leave that. Uh, insulin resistance and carb sensitivity and how to cope with them. I think those are the kind of the same. They are too. Yeah, we're going to lose one of those. Resistance, how diet can affect okay. it. Same thing. Explanation of vicious cycles of insulin resistance and the body producing more insulin to manage blood glucose, storing more fat, causing more insulin resistance, and on and on. You wanna we can can we go over that process and explain it? Yes. Would we, we can, do it would we do it within the, the one before that when we have that conversation, do you think? I think that this one I mean it's not it's like it's not really nutrition specific. This is more in 
Like we don't even have a category of what is type two diabetes. How about if we put it in education? Because I'm making that it- would be yes, okay. that would be appropriate. Scrolling. This this would definitely fit within that. Oh my God, there's so much here. Yes, there is. <laughs> That's a good thing. I'm I'm really glad. I'm yeah. I'm super excited that so many people responded, which with really well thought again. And I'm gonna, I'm going to say something here. You have type 1 diabetes or don't have diabetes at all. I bet you this series ends up being interesting for you one way or the other. Of course. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Factors. And, and I, you know why? I think because of the fact that type 2 diabetes is the most prevalent type of diabetes. Sure. And I guarantee that somebody knows someone and could refer them. Mm-hmm. Or listen and say, hey, you know, I learned this. You've been talking to me about this and complaining about it or, you know, you're bothered by this. Go listen to this. Yeah. Or did you know this tidbit, you know? I'll add this. I, don't, I hope this won't be controversial. But there are so many influences on us as people from marketing to food manufacturing to, you know, whether or not we exercise, whether or not we're supplementing with like things we need, like that kind of stuff. All of those things impact all of us equally. Some of us get the ill effects of them stronger than others. So just because would, yeah. just because you ended up with type 2 diabetes and the person next to you didn't, it doesn't mean that you're both not being impacted by this stuff similarly. And that's why I think it would be helpful for people to hear. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, if you agree with that, then I feel good. Um, (laughs) Common sense advice, but about not falling for all the net carb marketing propaganda. Ah. All right. That's a great one. Is that that like when I go to buy um, uh, shaved ice, Italian ice, whatever people call it around the country, I call it water ice, and it says (laughs) fat-free. Right. I'm always like, well, yeah, now. (laughs) But... When I eat all the sugar, won't my body immediately turn it into fat to store it? <laughs> not burning it off right away. Yes. It's no, interesting. I'm not. I got a giant cup of of icy sugar water. Right. In fact, I think that that could be because type 2 has a metabolic component to it mm-hmm. for many people. I think that besides net carb, things like even um, – just label reading in general in this category, such as it's fat free or the one that came out years and years ago was everything started getting labeled fat free and no cholesterol. Why, why would oats have cholesterol in them? I mean, from a physiology standpoint, I know why I, I, I had the education to understand that, but many people have no idea why a plant wouldn't have cholesterol. It's all just marketing. It's just to make you think like, oh, good. It's the, you know, it, and here's a label that is actually helpful. No high fructose corn syrup. That, oh, yeah. There's one that's not marketing. That one's smart. You, you know, yeah. that one will actually mm-hmm. help you. How about this here? Does this belong in education? Don't get stuck on a sliding scale. It sounds like her father-in-law mm-hmm. got put on a sliding scale and it just kind of languished there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I Well, I I don't think it's. I think it should be in meds. Okay. Mainly because it discusses that we know more about insulin these days. Now, it also for in this case and for many people who are in insulin who may not have the means to support some of the newer insulins, mm-hmm. right? I think it's an important piece 
to discuss and talk about because we don't know her father-in-law's story. Maybe he's using sliding scale because it's a monetary or it's a coverage-based thing. Um, And or maybe nobody's ever told him that something else is available. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Okay. So. All right. Um, Next category is labeled guilt and shame. Mm -hmm. Battling stigma culture is placed upon those with type 2. That's obvious. Now, do I... Do I do that one with Erica? Try to imagine this as a compendium. You and I talking about type two, but then sometimes they're going to be more like, I think they're going to be, I think the episodes are going to be a little like a pro tip series, but every right. once in a while, I think they might be almost like a defining episode, but Correct. like, you know, I think, I think I'm going to package it all together so that people can find it. And then I think if, from a ment- this is a mental health. Yeah. It is. It and it rolls into how somebody may be managing or maybe seeking additional help mm-hmm. or not, right? So that it might be more of a mental health discussion. Okay. Yeah. yeah I would agree. The second one here is I think a huge factor for type twos is guilt and shame and it's getting in the way of good medical care. I don't know how to compress this down into a snappy little title, she says, or he says. <laughs> Or a buzzword, but it's crippling. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So we're going to do that. And there are I mean, so- we may have, we may even be able to define a little bit of, of what that might mean. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be better with a, a mental health specialist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. There are so many myths about type 2 to come down about shaming people. The only, like, that only fat people mm-hmm. get it. Or if you eat garbage, you get it. Um, the diet and exercise will always fix it. And that taking meds, boy, this is an interesting one. Taking meds is a lazy way out. Um, And that insulin isn't, boy, people think of insulin as losing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Absolutely, they do. And there is, like I said before, type 2 has a heavy metabolic component to it. Mm -hmm. And there are some people that do everything necessary. They follow the rules. They do the, you know, lean quality foods and they exercise and maybe they've even lost a large amount of weight and eventually they may lose enough beta cell function Mm -hmm. that they may end up needing insulin. And it is from their personal, it's seen as I've, I've clearly not done enough. I failed in this and now I'm on insulin and that is, it's the place I didn't want to get to, or that's what I was working to avoid doing when really, as we know, I mean, with type one, we're like, Hey, insulin, (laughs) that's like, that's like my saving grace, right? Like I take it because I have to take it where I think a big piece that's also not really defined well is prior to diagnosis with type two, how many people have actually had mismanaged glucose levels Mm -hmm. for years prior to a proper diagnosis. And in that time frame, what ends up happening is that they are taxing their pancreas, right? They're taxing those beta cells to help, help, help. And in fact, many times those beta cells, they work in overdrive. Mm -hmm. They try, try, try to keep up. Um, And so eventually, even with all of the stuff that they may do to get control and keep it for a while, they may have pooped some things out earlier than they realized where they weren't doing Mm -hmm. the things that they're now doing. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. Um, This next one says, 
I discovered that I was misdiagnosed as a type two when I was actually a type one. And so we're going to talk about that, like just Mm -hmm. as a, but here's the rest of what they said. And I don't think this will, I don't know if it'll color the conversation you and I have, but it's interesting enough to bring up here. Uh, It was a huge relief for me to be type one because that meant I wasn't a fat failure. Isn't that Mm -hmm. crazy that somebody felt that? I mean, it's not crazy. It's horrible. Right. Um, And that, she, you know, this person's like, no one deserves to feel like that. No. If I was type two, I didn't deserve to feel like that. If I was type one, I didn't deserve to feel like that. But we do have to, I think we do have to admit that this is how, this is just what happens to most people when they get this diagnosis, right? They just feel like I blew it, you know? Right. Or my genetics blew it or Right. So, I mean, this is, I don't know how not to feel terrible about it, you, you know, like, but I'm going right. to, I want to keep the first part of it for you and I, uh, about being misdiagnosed. Yes. Cause it's so prevalent, but I'm going to take the rest of what she said and move it up and make sure I talk about it when I speak with Erica too. Great. Um, why do type twos get told insulin is bad for you? Well, we'll go over that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've had three people on the show right now so far that have type two diabetes and have been, whose lives have been changed immensely by using insulin mm-hmm. um, and algorithms, by the way, people are using like, yes, like pump algorithms with their insulin, everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> this one, I don't know that we can figure out why are type two communities full of shaming animals. <laughs> 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 I think, I think actually, uh, for you listening, there will, I think there'll be an episode of the podcast um, coming up <laughs> where we talk about how people talk to each other online. Eric and I are going to do that oh, together. Yeah. I think the answer lies a lot less with the topic uh, than you might think. Um, being re-diagnosed as Lada or type 1 is a story we hear more often because it's a it, because it feels like it's better than being type 2. Oh, so people... Mm-hmm. Oh, I see what they're saying. They're saying people are happy to tell the story... Oh, they thought I was type two, but it turns out, no, I have type one or I'm Lada. And that's a badge of honor almost because you're saying you're not type two. So what this person's really saying is that is how horrible. I think what they're saying is that no one wants to be labeled as a type two. Type two. Yeah. That's what it sounds like. And I would say that there might be a step behind it that. They're reading a surface level of, I'm not type two. Thank goodness I actually have Lotto or type one, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think that that person who was misdiagnosed is actually happy. But what they're what they're actually, and I don't even think that they're saying, gosh, I'm not type two. Thank goodness I'm not going to be labeled with this like thing that everybody considers is my own fault. Yeah. I actually think that somebody who is appropriately diagnosed with type one or Lotto feels that relief because finally they're they're getting a diagnosis that's going to get them the right meds to help. Yeah. Relief was right? the word that was in my head. I kept thinking, are you going to say relief? Just Yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's relief. Yeah. It's I somebody's going to listen to what I've been trying to say and my blood sugars aren't coming down. All this medicine you're giving nothing is helping. I I'm eating lettuce leaves and I'm running 70 miles a week <laughs> and nothing is helping and <laughs> This is the reason. Yeah. Thank goodness I have the right answer finally. <laughs> Anyone who's ever been sick knows that you don't want to hear bad news, but you do want an answer. 
And yes. yeah, I think that's what that is as well. Um, okay. Under medical care, how to advocate for yourself uh, through di- misdiagnosis, treated, I was treated terribly, assumptions that surrounded type two. Um, there's no shame about medication. Uh, so I think, we're going to keep the av- I mean, I'm going to highlight the advocating piece of this mm-hmm. um, assumptions. I'm going to highlight, and I received the medical field type two communities are part of it. I'm sorry, I received from the medical field and the type two online communities I was a part of. Oh, they got shame from that. Okay, well, oh. well there's not going to be any shame in my community, so you can you can go be type two at the Juice Box podcast. Uh, private Facebook group. Um, if we weren't able to control, see, I also think, Jenny, mm-hmm. I don't want to go down on a tangent here, but I think that some of the things that we just talked about are why I'll give you, I'll give the people listening a little inside baseball. I said that I've had this in the back of my head for a long time and I've wanted to do it. Mm-hmm. And I plugged away and plugged Which away. Which I have agreed away. with. Thank you. Of course you have. And I've plugged away and plugged away and plugged away and tried to get somebody mm-hmm. to sponsor it so that I could. Yes afford to put it up and finally it became obvious to me that no one was going to do that and Mm -hmm. i was like all right i'm just gonna do it on my own right but here's why and and this is what i think i think that establishments believe that type twos don't want to be in a community together i think they think that there's no possibility to build a thing that helps type twos because they don't want to participate in it because they don't want to be labeled. That's what I think the overall feeling is. And I'm saying I have a lot more hope for people than that. And I think that it's a build it, they will come situation. I think Mm -hmm. you can't just open up a Facebook group and call it type two diabetes support and expect that people are going to flood in because this is the stuff that they think. And then they're going to have horrible social interactions with each other. And then everybody's going to be like, everyone's an and that's going to be the end of it, right? <laughs> but why does my Facebook group work for type one? I think it's because it began with the core of information that existed in the podcast already, that we were able to bring mm-hmm. in people who are already thinking like, this is doable for me, you, right. you know? So I'm going to build another place and damn it, if you all don't come, then Jenny and I just wasted our time. That's fine. But I think you're... <laughs> I think you're going It wasn't to. a waste. It's At some a, point, pe- if you build it, people will come. I really think that's what's going to happen. So, okay. Uh, I feel medical community judge type twos. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll talk about that too. I'm sure that is what's happening. Um, a standard of care. I actually, I actually think this is a good one. Yeah, I do too. Because I, I, Because people are just people. Like, you know, I know a guy who's a doctor. And he's a doctor. <laughs> And just because he goes to his job and puts on a coat, eh, you know. <laughs> it doesn't mean that you are a good person. Exactly. Yes. And by the way, it's not my friend who's a doctor. I don't want him hearing this and be like, that's not me, is it? It's a person I know peripherally who's a physician who's just kind of a jerk. And yeah. I could see that person looking at you if you had type 2 diabetes and being like, hmm, okay. You know, like I really right. can. So, right. All right well, and not listening. And I think that's the bigger point that this comment brings up is that this person seems to have been doing everything mm-hmm. that was the right thing and upon entering a medical-based like setting wasn't being listened to yeah right mm-hmm. which is sad All right. so well we'll dig through that one standard of care for type 2 globally is terrible it goes metformin long acting 
uh, my parents can be, oh gosh, 20 plus millimoles after a meal and they say that's okay. Mm, yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. We're going to talk about what, what goal. I think I'm going to mark this as goals. Yeah. Right. Why is that seen as okay? Well, yeah. it shouldn't be seen as okay. We yeah. all know that. Um, but we know that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, glacial pace of medical care, medical care type two seem to get finger wagging and eat better. Boy, you know who gets hit with that too? Uh, thyroid patients sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. They just tell them like, oh, just exercise, lose weight, you'll feel better. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, look at this as I read down. It reminds me of thyroid issues. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I just like somebody agreed with me. Yay. <laughs> um, hey, I'm type two and I would love to be on the show. Perfect. See, I will have people who will come on and talk too. I'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I have, oh, here you go. I have late stage Mm. complications from type 2 diabetes, and I've only had it for nine years. Gastroparesis. I have moderate cognitive impairment, multiple other rare chronic illnesses over the past three years. The the medical care I've received has been negligent and appalling. All right, well, we're going to get this person on the show and um, another person. Okay, yeah, so this is... um, this is a person who has thoughts about how to name it so we can bring people in. Uh, when should I get a C peptide test? Oh. All right. We can throw that in somewhere. Uh, yeah, it's l- good under. Oh, you. Ha- this is all tests. Under okay. testing, yeah. What other blood panels should be run? Examples to find out if you are iron deficient, vitamin deficient, exact, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that. Blood panels. How to know if you have misdi- have been misdiagnosed? Is there a way to figure out if you've been misdiagnosed? It's is it just C peptide? Well, if you've been misdiagnosed as a type two, but you're really type one or LADA, obviously <clears throat> autoimmune diabetes, you are going to have some type of visible difference from that antibody-based mm-hmm. setting, right? Um, as many people, I mean, their previous comments in here that you know, I was really happy to be finally diagnosed with LADA or type 1 after having had type 2 for numbers of years. So there are, you have to find the right doctor. Um, and, you know, as primary cares could write orders for blood tests to check, but really from a from a treatment standpoint, they really should be going to an endocrinologist. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have, I guess, an answer to this question, um, would really be if you're questioning your diagnosis, ask for an appointment with an endocrinologist. Just because you have type two doesn't mean you can't see endocrinology. Can't see endo, right. You don't have to be being treated by your PCP. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah, all right, that's a good one. I'm gonna go through the rest of that testing stuff and go down to miscellaneous. People are asked about dawn phenomenon. I guess that happens with type twos as well. How cells use sugar for energy. Discuss metabolic disorder. This, but something came up here that I was excited about. Uh, I'll tell you in a minute. Truths and myths about natural supplements. What's the progression of type two with age? Any difference in type mm. two as an adult versus as a child? Uh, is insulin helpful for type twos early on or only later? What interact interactions and comorbidities must type twos know about? Proper education on using a pump if you're type two. Uh, I'd like to see an episode about why does it matter what type I am. I truly don't get that. Mm. Um, 
Uh, I'm going to go. This is, this is the thing that got, I found super interesting. And I think is going to be a big part of what we end up doing. A Mythbusters episode. Hmm. So the, I really started thinking when somebody said that to me. It, it, well, they just brought it up like this. It, they said the most hurt, hurtful myth uh, is that you only have type 2 because you're overweight. But then I started thinking about all of the inaccurate statements about so many different things. And then I started imagining a Mythbusters series almost like the Defining Diabetes series, where we take sure. a list of things that people, bullshit things people say. Like cinnamon? Yeah. <laughs> and we break them down about why they're they're not accurate. Yes. Yeah. That's going to be outside of this, I think. But whoever said that, whoever used that word first, you really got my brain moving. So thank you very cool. much. Um and then there's weird things in here. God, look at this. Agent Orange exposure is a cause for type 2? Well, there are a lot of things with Agent Orange that, um, I mean, that's not that's not a, untrue. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of things that Agent Orange definitely did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, this one says, I think COVID-19 can make type 2 complications worse. Um, oh, wow. We can figure that out. And... Some other stuff here they have listed as maybe would be interesting. <laughs> I like some of these myths, of these... and I'm not I'm no, not I laughing know. about them because yeah. they're not they're not funny. But like to read them, like they they make you like giggle a little bit because yeah. it's amazing, honestly what what is potentially out there in terms of. Mm -hmm. Well, look. Information. You're, you're, are you ready? Is it this one? The it's there's the a second one. Th there's a secret cure that Big Pharma doesn't want you to know about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> um, I listen. I've uh, I've met a lot of people in my life, and the one thing I'm fairly certain of is they're not very good at keeping secrets. <laughs> so, <laughs> and what would the cure be? I mean, that's that's a great question. Mm -hmm. It really would be because I think I think in terms of the two types of diabetes, they're there are big difference in terms of why mm -hmm. you have diabetes, type 1 or type 2. There's even a big difference in terms of why you have gestational diabetes, right? Yeah. Or any of the um, MODI, which never gets talked about, mm -hmm. right? Um, so, I mean, if there really is a big secret out there, then there are a lot of little secrets within the big secret. Yeah. I, I, I Listen, <laughs> count on this. Some doctor with a big ego would run out and yell, I've figured out the i've done yeah. it but but aside of that in the 15 years or so that i've been in this space the amount of times that i've seen somebody say i know for certain that there's a cure for type 1 diabetes and they whoever they is they just don't want us to have it it's because they're making money and they and i'm like look i don't disagree that diabetes is a big money maker it just I mean, if you look at science where it is right now, we're just not at that point yet. Y you know, like we don't know how to just turn. I, I, I've, I've said this before, but I think we've only actually cured like eight things in the history of mankind. And right. Or stop them from continuing to happen yeah. with things like, you know, immunizations and whatnot. Right. right? right. There are things that have been eradicated because of. But yeah, it's very, very few. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, let's not talk about how we fix leprosy. So, yeah, you know, that's, I don't think that's the, if you're type one, I don't think you want to, uh, 
I don't think you want that to happen. So, you know, like right. a lot of different things. So, okay. So, all right, let's just wrap this up. Cool. This is the series. We can do this, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And we're going to break it down into meds. We're going to put it. Uh, so we're going to do meds, education, testing, technology, technology, medical care, guilt and shame, fueling plan. Yes. That sounds right. Oh, what about activity? Oh, how did we forget that? <laughs> that is something that is not in here at all. Yes. Okay. Go ahead, Jenny. Do you need a soapbox to stand on or can you just say this out loud? So what what Jenny's going to about to say is that we asked a lot of people, tell me how to help with type one, type two diabetes. And not one person asked about exercise. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and Ian, what, what kind of exercise, how do I get started with exercise? I'm already doing this. Am I supposed to change it and do something different or mm-hmm. why is it not working this way? I mean, and again, it's sort of an effect of multiple variables right all together. But I do think that it's interesting that there wasn't at least a question of, I've been told to get active. What does that mean? I don't think it's that interesting. I, I, I think it's pretty, I, I, and I don't mean because these, because the people have type two diabetes that asked, I mean, just generally people in general, like right. there are people who love to exercise and the rest of us really wish it didn't exist. <laughs> so I'm, I'm one of those people. And, 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 I, I, and I am clearly in the other category. Yeah, right. Jenny's like, can we get this done so I can go for a walk right now? <laughs> and, and and so, but boy, it is telling, right? It is telling that not one person said, hey, is there anything I can do here? Because And I and maybe this is why. Maybe I'm being flippant. Maybe it's because doctors have so frequently told these poor people, oh, yeah, diet and exercise. Go home, eat less and go for a walk and you'll be okay. Maybe it's because it's been minimalized and marginalized a little bit, you know, at right. the same time. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and rightly so, even the information about or the questions about, you know, nutrition or fueling, really, they're not, they're not as focused because I think, again, it's a point that people are told about, but there's been no definition given to it. So many people don't even know what to ask about it. Sure. It's similar, it's similar to, to cooking. exercise. And it's similar to cooking too. Like, well, yeah. what do you mean eat better? Right. Exercise. Okay. Well, what does that mean? You, you, you right. know, and I know, listen, other people can listen to that and go, it's obvious what it means. I don't know how obvious it is to everybody. You know, so, all right, so we'll we'll put together a reasonable exercise plan for people. Sure. All right. A way to start. A way to start. That would be, especially considering some people might already be doing something, but if not, it's just a place to give you an idea of what to start okay. with. Okay, so I wrote how to start exercising. We'll talk about that. And then maybe it'll like leap from here. Maybe I can have on other people um, who can talk about, you know, more specific ways of handling things. Sure. But yeah, again, I just think that if you're, listen, if I'm, if I have type two diabetes and my blood sugars aren't great and, you know, I don't know how I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm going to jump up and get on a, uh, I don't know, a stair climber. Like, you know what I mean? Like how, what the hell, you know? Right. So, okay. All I mean, right. there are there are simple things, but I think that's a good title for it: is how to get started. How to get started. Because, all right, yeah. and then we'll see what we can get make what we can make out of it. Um, cool. cool. Yay! I'm very excited. I am too, actually. I know that just means we're dorks about diabetes, <laughs> but I just think, listen, there are a couple of people in 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 my 
life who have type two and they are just not in any meaningful way impacting it. But if you talk to them about it, they're always worried about it. They are in trying as hard as they can. And I just think that maybe, maybe we could help turn some people, some people are walking into brick walls. Maybe we could help turn them around and let them walk in a better direction. Right. Right. And um, I think we can definitely do this. All right. All right. Well, we start in three days, Jenny. Yes, we do. We've got yeah. a couple of days. And then we'll, we'll we get, we'll get recording. All right. Uh, well, cool. I'll break this down into uh, into easier to understand pieces for us. And, awesome. And we'll get started. Thank you. Yay. Right. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. So that's how this is going to go. And as of this day, when I'm putting this episode online for you, we've already recorded five of the episodes for this series. And there's much more coming. I'm going to put them out every week until the core of the series has been posted, and then we'll be adding to it as needed. Jenny and I are going to talk about the diabetes. I'm going to have a therapist on named Erica. She's lovely. We're going to talk about the psychological side of this. We're going to have more people on to talk about nutrition. I'm even thinking maybe having some chefs on, some cooks to talk about cooking. We've talked about intermittent fasting before on the podcast, but I want to bring somebody back on to talk more about that. There's going to be so much here for you. I know you can do this, and we're here to help. If you want to hear about Jenny and I, hold on. But if you want to go, this is pretty much the end. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Okay, uh, it's me, Scott. So if you're finding this show because someone gave it to you and said, hey, you have type 2 diabetes, and I'm assuming they're already listeners of the show, probably because of a type 1 connection, and they're sharing this with you, and you're thinking, why am I listening to this guy And that lady talk about type 2 diabetes. Well, here's how you came to this. I began making this podcast in 2015. This is the ninth year of it. Before that, I wrote a very popular blog about type 1 diabetes. And I come to this by way of my then two-year-old daughter's diagnosis with type 1. My daughter is 18 now. She is living a lovely life off at college. The podcast began because... I think it really began for the same reason that this this series is here. People don't get good direction about diabetes. It, we didn't. We certainly didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. My daughter was diagnosed. My wife didn't know. We were left to our own devices. And it soon became obvious that we were either going to figure it out for ourselves or our daughter's lot in life was not going to be so rosy. So we figured it out. And then I started writing about it online and that became popular. And then I started talking about it in a podcast and I started seeing how well this podcast was helping people live. And it's just bothered me for so long with people in my, my sphere and in my family who have type two diabetes and aren't being helped. And I thought I, I need to find a way to help them. So then one day, a couple of years ago, I started realizing that there were people listening to the podcast already who had type 2 diabetes, but were figuring out how to help themselves through the type 1 conversations. And I thought, wow, this is helping people. We could give them information more tailored to them and and find even more people and help more people. And that's it. For me, I'm doing this for the same reason I started doing it. There are people in my life, they're not getting good direction, they deserve better health, and I think I can help you find it. That's pretty much it. I'm just a guy who's 
18-year-old daughter got type 1 diabetes when she was 2, and I started a blog and a podcast, and it just took off. Jenny has had type 1 diabetes for well over 30 years. She is a registered and licensed dietitian, a certified diabetes educator. She's certified on uh, tons of insulin pumps and continuous glucose monitors. She works at a place called Integrated Diabetes, which classically helps type 1s with their management. But Jenny's just a good soul, and this means a lot to her. She just wants to help. So that's why she's here. You know why I'm here. I hope you, um, I hope you feel like you're in the right place. There's going to be more. Honestly, if you're listening to this past like April 2023, the other episodes are probably already up and ready for you. I hope you enjoy them. I hope they help you. And I hope one day you'll be one of those type two stories in those episodes I mentioned earlier. I really think you can be. I, I really, really do. I know this isn't easy, but it's not impossible. And I know you can do it. I've seen so many people succeed with their health in moments when they just thought it was impossible. But this podcast and the people who listen to it have taught me that nothing's impossible. It can seem difficult. It can seem like your life is ending. But there's a way through. You just need to know the path to take. And I think this podcast can help you see that path and light your journey. I know you can do this. I'm excited that you're here. Please come back and listen to a few more episodes. And if you start having great success, let me know about it. I'd love to tell your story on the podcast. I know you can do this. Thank you very much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.